trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting edge voices in every industry. This is the Ironclad Podcast. Jeff, man, we're super excited to kick things off with you. Uh, for those of you who don't know Jeff Reed, he's a friend of Ironclad, former Navy SEAL, and now uh, owner of the Frozen Trident. Uh, just an incredible guy. Him and his wife, Jerry, we had a pleasure of, of hanging with, filming with. Uh, what now? What, two months ago now? Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. And, it's two months now. Yeah, and it was just a blast, man. Uh, recent father uh, and, and dad to about, what, 15 dogs? 27 now. 27. Yeah, we had a litter of puppies since you guys been up here. Nice. How yeah. many do you have now? What's that? How many how many puppies do you have now? We have seven puppies total. Nice. We had we have two puppies from our main dog Brock bred to a friend's kennel, a Teo kennel, uh, their main dog, and then we split that litter. It was a litter of four, so we had two. We picked two, and they picked two, and then we had a, an accidental breeding where Ozzy, one of our other main leaders, bred our best female. So it was actually a great accidental breeding. We've talked about doing this breeding before. But, uh, yeah, they got too close in the yard, and, and nature took its course. And now they had, M had, a litter of five puppies. Wow. So seven puppies now. Wow, man. That's awesome. Uh, so with that, you know, when we were there, you were uh... – you know, you were planning the winter, right? You couldn't run the dogs too hard because it was summertime. What does the season look like for you right now? Oh, man, I guess uh, – so I guess we'll just to, – to get there, when we first heard about dog mushing, like everyone thinks of the Iditarod, and that was our number one goal, and we were like, that's what we want to do. But since we've been up here, I've been spending more time with my dogs and getting to know my dogs and getting to know kind of what I like about mushing it's more like i like to get away and um so a lot of the stuff that we want to get into this winter is doing more remote runs out to remote areas whether that be in like denali national park or up in up in the arctic and uh so we're going to spend more time traveling in these remote places maybe i'm thinking about opening it like starting a youtube channel filming a lot of it uh trying to get back to maybe some of like real remote lakes and ponds and doing some like lake monsters kind of like river monsters and fish of these areas that have never been fished before uh the cool thing about getting out there and stuff with the dogs in these remote areas and maybe off like the pack trails is it's it forces you to be meticulous when it comes to like mission planning um as far as your dog care you know your vet care and all that stuff because you're, if something would go wrong, if a, if your gear would break or a line would break or your dogs would run off or something would happen, no one's coming out. You're not around anyone to come to get help. So you have to be really meticulous. And that's, that's kind of goes back to the whole, I guess, uh, you know, life and the, the SEAL teams and kind of self-reliance and not self-reliance, but relying on your, your team, your pack and your, your platoon and kind of getting out there into some – dangerous not dangerous but a little bit more risky areas and and stuff i mean i i just like to do that stuff yeah and you've had some close calls you told us about you, you went in yeah. the icy water once right yeah and and i know that's one thing for me to do this because i've this is going on my third winter up here and i've never lived in alaska before moving up here so I don't know a whole lot about river miles and like traveling river and reading ice. So this winter will be a huge learning curve for me. And, and 
And so I'll be out there trying to learn a little bit. I'll be picking uh, the minds of great dog mushers like uh, Matt Hall, who won the Yukon Quest. He lives down the trail from me. He grew up in Eagle, Alaska, which is a remote like trapping town. And he grew up on the trap line traveling the river miles. So I'm going to try to pick his brain as much as possible, but have him try to teach me the right way to read the river ice so I don't end up going through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, you got a lot of frontiersman uh, blood going through you now, too. I mean, even when we were out there, you were canoeing, you're out there exploring, climbing. Uh, you know, there's there's no shortage of, of lessons to learn out there for you, I'm sure. Yeah, yep. And the cool thing about it is, I mean, we love this lifestyle, the Alaska lifestyle and the dull mushing lifestyle. And also one thing we're going to do this winter is open up a mushing school. So we... We have a small little dry cabin we fixed up, and it has its own little dog yard, and we're going to let people come out here and stay for, like, three days, have their own dog team, learn everything from, like, how to to run their own dog team, how to do their dog care, how to cook up the dog food. And the cool thing about that is we'll be out on the same trails that I run doing some it, – it won't be – it's not easy because, like, we'll do some running on the uh, Yukon Quest Trail, and the cool thing is it teaches you a lot about yourself when you're out there with the dogs. You know, you'll you'll have to incorporate a bunch of leadership skills because you're essentially the coach of that team and the uh, the run running your team. So you get in some hairy situations. You got to keep your stuff together. The dogs have to respect you, but not like fear you at the same time. There's a fine line between that, and it helps. I think that there's a lot that people could get away from coming up to school like that. And so we'll start doing that this winter too. And uh, We'll, we'll, information will be on our website, frozentactrotted.com. So definitely check that more out on that there. That's cool, man. We were talking Danny, our senior editor. He, he didn't go out with us, but he, he edited the whole piece. You know, we, we yeah. worked together towards the end. But during this whole thing, he's, he's watching you and Jerry. He's like, man, I got to get out there. I got to go. I said, dude, he's got an Airbnb there. You got to go. So we're, he might actually sign up to get out there with yeah, you. Yeah, heck yeah. Send him out here. Yeah, man. Toughen him up. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, man. So are you, so do you, you have enough dogs to do both of those? If you can go out, if, if someone goes out there, what is the, what are they doing? I mean, are they starting on the sled with you? Or are they running their own dogs? How does that work? Yeah. So what we will probably do. So when the first evening they get here, we'll go out. It'll be though. We'll go out with just one team. They'll ride in the sled and uh, I'll give them a quick fam on, on how everything dog mushing. I'll, I'll teach them how the sled works, how, how the lines work, how to set up the line, uh, how to harness a dog, how to booty a dog, like all the, the basic dog care. We'll do some like classes first, and then we'll go actually harness and booty and hook up a sled and hook up the lines and hook the dogs up to the lines, and, and uh, we'll go out for a run. I'll start off on the sled. They'll be in the bag, and I'll give them kind of like a down and dirty on how to, to, to mush, and then it'll just be a short little maybe 10-mile run. And halfway through, I'll get out, we'll stop, and they'll get out of the bag, and I'll get in the bag, and then they'll take over on the uh, runners. And, and that way I can kind of, if anything happens, I'm right there with the team, and we only have a small small team to take care of. That next, when we get back, we'll set up their team and their dog yard and set up their sled, and then we'll plan out a run for that next day. And we'll probably go out all day and into the night, maybe do an overnighter. And that way you get a real good fam on 
how it is to run a dog on a, on a nice long run, maybe do an overnight or we'll camp out or we'll go to a remote cabin somewhere and then uh, cook over a fire or cook over on top of a wood stove, make a good meal and then feed the dogs, do our dog care. The next morning, get up, do some more dog care, feed the dogs, feed ourselves, and then we'll, we'll harness and take off down the trail and we'll put us back in here that, that evening and we'll have a, an Alaskan meal, whether it be salmon or or uh, some moose and and uh, cook a nice Alaskan meal and then uh, yeah that would be kind of the the mushing experience there dude that's crazy have you yeah. have you uh, have you already got signups for that or what, what, what's... no we we haven't like I think we just launched our website yeah, yeah. this morning so it's it's a brand new thing and it we're, we're just now launched it so I haven't had anyone sign up yet but are you getting are you getting like future mushers or are you just getting people that are ready to go out and do an adventure. Anybody, anybody yeah. who wants to go out and just do an adventure, whether it's someone who wants to uh, see what they have, what it takes to hang out at 40 below or 20 below and, and spend a night out there in it, or if someone's looking to better themselves in the leadership skills and yeah. you want to see what it takes to, to keep a team of dogs who have so much energy, if not contained, it can be chaotic and harness that and and use that power to travel distances and some some sketchy areas that's a good way to to build leadership skills um or just become a better woodsman or uh practice your bushcraft out in the in the wilderness yeah man i and i can't i can't imagine what that would do for your confidence level when you come back into town too you're 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 ready to go yeah that's awesome that's cool man do you when you're now that you're uh you're shifting the model a little bit from being, you know, you had big goals on, on, on doing different races. You, you told me that, um, you told us when we were out to dinner one time, why you were kind of shifting that a little bit, just falling, you know, getting that loyalty for those dogs and kind of t- attaching a why, right. To these things. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And I guess it goes maybe more towards, I'm learning more about my dogs. And right now, our pack is kind of mismatched. Like we have a lot of older dogs and a lot of younger dogs. And, and to be honest, I don't know if, if they're my dogs right now are ready for a thousand mile race. So it's kind of I'm reading them a little bit and taking a step back and I'm taking a step back. I like thought that why figuring out what works, why am I out there mushing? It's not necessarily on the competitive level. It's more because I like being out there with the dogs. You know, I like, I like that experience and that bond because I mean, you get that with the with the racing and the training for the racing too, and I I do enjoy the racing, and we'll st- we're still planning on doing a few maybe mid distance races this year. But I'd like to focus more on just getting away from all that. And if I find a, a cool spot on the trail where I'm like, dude, I want to go explore this place a little bit further, because that's I've ADD when I'm out on the trail and I see like a valley that looks awesome, I'm like whoa, I'm gonna go down there, and I'm like, oh wait, I'm in the middle of a race, and you yeah. just keep going. So and and that's part of it. But the why would be, man, I, the thing I like most about dog mushing is being out there in these wild places with the dogs and and uh, just spending time with them. And it, it's just a great I – mean, it, it just makes you happy yeah. being around that positive energy. Yeah. It's, it's a great experience. That's cool, man. And when we went out there, it was nothing like it. You know, whether you're a dog person or whether you're not, even uh, – it's it's something magical about being out there. It's 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 the true wild. It's it's yeah. it's it's refreshing. Yeah, even when it's hard. We climbed up that mountain with you. It it, it was probably just a tourist trail. It, it, but when we were going out there, it was like we had all our gear. We're going up, 
your wife Jerry is fully pregnant, and yeah. she's making us look like like wimps, dude. You guys yeah. are just going, 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 going. I remember like looking around, like, is anyone else going to slow down? No one else is slowing down. All right, I'll just keep going. But uh, I think everyone was thinking that same thing. That's why no one slowed down, dude. She's hardcore, man. She she just made that hike the other day carrying Atlas in a baby carrier. We just went up there, same hike, dude. Yeah, yeah. She kept us all going, but there's something about being out there where you're pushing yourself constantly. It just it's it's uh it's constantly sharpening you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can't. I mean, you can, but there could be serious repercussions for it. But you, if you're on your on your phone or you're not actually focused on what's going on, there's some serious. You'll you'll you could pay for it seriously. Whether it's uh, in a bear in grizzly country and you're not paying attention to what you're wearing when you're cooking, where you're cooking, what the wind's going, how you're packing your bag, or if it could be something like uh, running the dogs on a trail by yourself when nobody else is back here. Did you hook up? Do you have two carabiners? Are you are your lines doubled up? Like, are are you going through all the precautions in case the worst and just in case the worst case scenario plays out? You know, it just it makes you it makes you like a sharper person, whether that be mentally and then like the whole physical thing when you're out there at forty below, like you can't you can't be in in uh, bad shape to be out there and that to withstand that. And every winter I go into the winter and I I'm by the end of it, I lost 15 pounds from just, and I don't, it's not necessarily working out super hard or changing my diet. It's just being out in the cold for that long. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not easy to, I mean, it's a full body workout holding onto that sucker. I was seeing that, that, that sled is not like this luxury you're kicking back like Santa Claus. No, no. And then the one thing you don't realize is like when you're running long distances, you're trying to help out the dogs as much as possible. It's not like you're a lazy musher standing on there. It's like what you said, like Santa Claus on yeah, his yeah. sled. You're, you're either kicking, you got a ski pole, you're ski pulling. And then when you come up the hills, you're, you're off the sled running behind it, pushing the sled up. It's not, you're not just on a leisurely stroll on a Sunday drive. It's, it's uh it's a put out evolution sometimes. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit and people see this when you're, when your uh, film launches with Eagle, but um, you know, those, you, you came out of a platoon. So you have a unique insight on this, right? Where you guys are all kind of pushing each other to, to, to um, constantly elevate one another, you're kind of taking that mentality. Have you ever been in a spot with them where you're like, "Damn, I need to step it up," or or has it been something where you've just taken that mentality and it just shifted right in? Oh, it's it's. I'm always the the one who where I was like, "Damn, it, I need to step it up." I'm always the weak with the dogs. I'm always the weakest link. Doesn't matter how good a shape I'm ever in. I'm always the musher is always going to be the weakest link in in a in a dog team. One time particular. Um, was during the Copper Basin 300 last year. It's a 300-mile race, and uh, we were at the last checkpoint, and the last run was maybe 70 miles, I believe. And uh, we got, we're about 25 miles into it or 30 miles into it, so we had maybe about 40, 45 miles left. And we're climbing up mountains and climbing up mountains. And, and I could tell the dogs are like, damn it, we have another mountain. I, you could just You can just pick up their body language whenever you spend as much time as I have with yeah. the dog and, and it's, it's funny because like I was, I can, I remember being in a situation like that in a platoon where we were doing high elevation training and we were hitting like false peaks and, and we were, we came up to a peak and we realized it wasn't the summit. We had another one up there and we climbed that one and it wasn't the summit. There was another one behind that one. And I could tell everyone 
was getting like pissy and so i just started busting out in uh miley singing miley cyrus's to climb you know so it's gonna be another mountain and everyone just started next thing you know there's a platoon of seals singing miley cyrus on top <laughs> of the mountain and uh so it's just little things like you learn from that like when things get shitty sometimes you just gotta laugh at it and so that's what i i kind of tell the dogs jokes and and it does or i just talk to them and sometimes that lifts or gets them out of it funk but in the real like that situation i could tell that they were they were grinding and i was like okay like here's the deal we're not gonna stop if, if i stop you guys can stop and we were 45 miles away from the finish line and i was like i'm gonna ski pull the rest of the way so i'm sitting there ski pulling for the next sit and i remember hitting the point like we we got like 10 miles into it and was like damn it that's maybe i should have promised this and it got to the point to where i i had gloves on because it was about 10 below and i couldn't grip the ski pole anymore because my hands were tired so i had to take my glove off and i was like well it's like i'll freeze my fingers i told you guys i wasn't going to stop and we're, we're not not finishing this race we're going to finish so i ended up coming into the finish line no glove on ski pulling with the dogs and we both looked like we were exhausted but it was it, like it's, it's cool because that's what it takes for your dogs to respect you, or at least my dogs. I mean, every kennel is going to be different, but the way my dogs are, like, and if I stopped, they would have they would have stopped. They they knew I was working with them. It's crazy that they can get that kind of read, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that's crazy is you'll see um, bonds in it with eat dog and dog. So during a race, dogs that are paired up, will a lot oftentimes like become buddies and you'll you'll see it kind of like for instance we i had a dog dredge and a dog mac um i still have mac dredge is actually retired now and living with jerry's mom but they dredge and mac at first uh they got along with each other but they weren't like buddy buddy and once i got the race team dialed in and i knew wh which dogs were going to be on my main race team and and which dogs paired up good i started running mac and dredge side by side uh, by the end of the season in the uh two i ran a 100 mile race in march and uh by the end of that like that at the checkpoints of those races those two were like cuddled up to each other and whenever one would get up the other one they, they would sniff each other and make sure they were all right like you pick up on little things like that they became buddies and now that that uh mac or dredge is in here i gotta try to find a new new partner for mac but yeah. mac's on the edge of retirement too so he's he's more of a couch dog than anything yeah so once they retire you're pulling them in the house yeah yeah, yeah. yep how many retired all ones? Of our dogs yeah and all of our dogs spend enough time in the house that they're all potty trained they, they very rarely does a dog have an accident in the house and they now that atlas is here we aren't bringing 10 dogs in every night yeah because slowly still trying to introduce them until we feel comfortable with them and and uh so we're only bringing like three dogs in every night yeah but, how is yeah, that by the way how have they reacted to atlas oh they've been they're awesome with atlas they yeah. they they're they're so curious but they're they're gentle at the same time the and they're not allowed to get too close because eleanor our pet dog like backs them all in the corner really she yeah, she's she's like Eleanor's little protector. It's hilarious. That's awesome, man. What was the process when we first got when we first had our kid? We we um we brought like the blanket in or something, let the dog sniff it. And then I did like an intro just to kind of let them know who was who was boss. How how did you do it? Was it just to Eleanor first, or how did you introduce Atlas to the pack? Yeah, so the whole situation was was a little different because I had the dogs. I had to still come back and feed and take care of the dogs every day. So. 
Jerry ended up having Atlas and then that same day later on that day. So yeah, and that later on that day I had to come back and feed the dogs. So when I came back to feed the dogs, I brought his his one of his swaddles or a blanket that yeah. he was in and I uh, brought Eleanor inside, laid it down and Eleanor like sniffed it and like ended up just laying down right on top of it Dude. and like never got up. Yeah. So she was it was like right away I could tell Eleanor was going to be obsessed with yeah. this little guy. And, uh, but that was really the only dog I, I did that with. I didn't bring any of the other dogs in cause I wanted to do it more one-on-one and slowly. But when we brought Eleanor in, finally, when we brought Atlas home, Eleanor went into every single room Atlas was in no matter when. So if we were waking up in the middle of the night to go change a diaper, we went in the nursery, Eleanor followed Atlas. And then she did that for, I don't know, he's, He's over two months now. It's at least for the first month and a half, she went everywhere to every room where, where uh, he went. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And, and Atlas is is a special kid, man. You you can can you talk a little bit about about that, or is it? I mean, yeah, you guys. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people know that have followed hashtag Team Atlas know that he was sick. So when Atlas was three weeks old, um. I, we noticed that he was kind of like more fussy than normal because he was never a real fussy baby. And uh, so we checked his temperature and he, he had a low grade fever, not like real, real mild. Um, so we kept an eye on it. And 30 minutes later, we checked it again and it went up pretty significant. And Jerry, being a physician assistant, kind of knows more about like illnesses that, that infants can have. And she was worried almost immediately because I guess it's kind of scary when a kid has a fever with no symptoms. Like if he had a cough, it'd be one thing or, but he was just kind of fussy. So we went right to the, the ER where actually Jerry works and uh, they did a full workup on him and found meningitis and uh, an infection in his bloodstream. Um, immediately got on antibiotics. Uh, his fever continued to climb. So they started Tylenol. Um, 48 hours later, he was still, um, having high fevers despite maxed out on Tylenol. And so they decided to medevac him. I uh, just, and when they medevac him, only one parent could go with him. So Jerry, I was like, Jerry, go ahead. You go with him. She would have been, she was the better person anyway, cause she's a physician assistant. Yeah, yeah. Could, it was kind of more about what's going on. So she was going to go with him. I was going to go back to the kennel take care of the dogs that night and then that next morning and i was going to drive to anchorage which is about eight hours um got back got back here took care of the dogs uh jerry called me when she got back and said that she noticed that on the flight that he was having some abnormal movements his wrist was like movement or twitching and his face was twitching so she filmed it to show the doctor and then once she showed the doctor down there the doc said that that was more likely seizure activities um so that night i just told her to keep me posted if anything happens and didn't hear from her really that night until that next morning she said that i shouldn't just get a flight and not wait to drive down pretty much get down there as soon as possible um that because that morning the doctor told Jerry, because he now is having seizures, 
and he has meningitis. He's having seizures, and he still has a fever that's not um, that's not um, I don't know not not fixing itself. He yeah. still is still climbing. That he was going to have to beat the odds if he wanted to survive, and that I mean that freaked me and Jerry out. Yeah, man, I can't imagine. Yeah. So um, first night we went. We well now Atlas is in the PICU. The first night they they took a CT scan of his brain to try to determine what was causing the seizures, and and uh, they didn't really get back anything conclusive. So they needed to do an MRI, um, but he wasn't stable. They need, he couldn't be having seizures when, to do the MRI. Um, and then yeah, that's whenever, because the doctor said that because he has a bloodstream infection and he's having seizures, despite being on three anti-seizure medications, he was still seizing up quite frequently, uh, that he was going to have to overcome the odds. So um, I arrive finally, and the seizures are continuing, except now when he was having seizures, he was apneic. He wasn't breathing. And... They had to use the CPAP a lot to keep oxygen flowing through them. And this continued on to the next day. And I guess by this point, he was completely on IV nutrients. He wasn't eating and he was, he was, uh, yeah, on IV nutrients. And then uh, he seized it up the, the whole day and his fevers actually increased it up to like 103. And, um, yeah, that night I remember just sitting there watching him, and he had just watching him. There's nothing you could do, you know. He's having seizures. And yeah, it it was one of the the first times where I like was in a situation where I was completely helpless. There was nothing I could do, and it that was the hardest part is seeing him like seizing up like that. And it's like, what do, what do you do? You, you can't do anything. Yeah. It, that's what sucked. Um and. I started like kind of going in a dark place there for a while. I was it kind of running, had thoughts running in my head. Like this is probably retribution for all the terrible things I've done in my life. And, and uh, yeah, I was just running situations over and over and over in my head, like not good stuff. And I wasn't in a good place. And, and uh, I had one of the most honest conversations I've ever had with God. And it was, it wasn't, what you would think about in church. Like I, I had a few swear words in there, but it was, it was, it was actually like a conversation like I would have with a friend and cause it was, it wasn't good. And I, and I remember, I remember specifically saying like, God, I remember reading somewhere that all you need is faith of a mustard seed. And I don't got much more than that. If, if even that, and this is your chance to, to take someone who's, is not a hundred percent sure about religion, and and he, and and by then we put it all on Facebook or Instagram, which that in itself shows how desperate we really were. Because we, me and Jerry, before this happened, talked about not exposing Atlas at all to Instagram yeah. to keep him away from it. But we, when the medicine and the doctors and nothing was working, we were like, well, we're the only thing that can help now is prayers. And uh, so after these, after that, and it's just it's amazing because it, it shows how great of a of family and friend network me and jerry have because when we were at our lowest point when when we were thinking that we weren't coming home with our, our son anymore my sister april had a uh started a prayer service in our hometown and uh sean ryan had let's set up a video on youtube for us explain what was going on 
Um, Clint at Gruntworks, he had pretty much Gruntworks at our disposal and, and made T-shirts and, and got our word out that way. And we had we were overwhelmed with prayers and good vibes. And, and, I, and it, 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 the, the one thing that, that can be taken away from all this is, as far as like a positive is that I had a family in Turkey send me a prayer service for Atlas in Arabic where they were showing videos of Atlas. I had Jewish families, Muslim families, Christian families. I had Republicans, Democrats, whites, blacks, uh, people from all races, religions, colors, and creeds, all praying, all saying uh, good vibes. And it, it was it was amazing to see how much good is still in this world. And uh, so I, I, I it, it's really... It was awesome to see that, and and just to see the world kind of all come together like that, it was amazing. So, but all that is, I have to say thanks to definitely for to Sean, Clint, and April for helping me out with that. That was awesome. So, after that all happened, is when he finally started making a turn for the better. His seizures subsided, his uh, fever broke, um, and. I think it was only like two days later we were out of the PICU and then, I mean, he was on complete, he he was, he was, and then they got it. So yeah, then once everything broke, his, his seizure stopped, he, they were able to finally get him stabilized to the point to get an MRI. The MRI did show that he had a pretty good sized stroke on the back right side of his brain. Um, that is not terrible news, but not great news because the good thing is the location is not going to affect like behavior, personality or anything. It's more of like fine motor skills and, and speech and stuff like that. Uh, so Atlas may end up, ha he still has a long road to recovery. He's going to need therapies. Uh, we'll, we gotta, we'll be going back and forth to see a neurologist in Anchorage, which we'll have to fly to. Uh, so he, he's got a long road to recovery ahead. And uh, But despite everything that happened, man, there's so many, like, there's so many line, there's so many gold linings in, in that. So it's definitely, man, definitely folk. It's, it, it, it makes, it sets up uh, your perspective a little bit differently yeah. whenever something like that happen and and uh yeah it, it 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 was a terrible thing and could be uh it could set up some disabilities for atlas but through it all man it was uh there's a lot of blessings that followed that so yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're thankful for everyone that that helped and prayed and and uh donated and and everything and uh we hope that they somehow that there's a way that we'll we'll pay it forward well, man, I got to tell you, we, you know, I w we were heartbroken over here when we first heard and first saw things. And, you, you know, from what you saw and what you guys had interactions with, I it's probably tenfold behind the scenes about people praying for you and thinking about you guys. And, and paying it forward, you do that by living. You and Jerry both do that by living the way you live and, and living by example and being strong like you were. I mean, it's hard for me to talk about just being a dad, but – uh Man, it was it was a powerful, powerful thing to watch you guys fight through that, and uh, you you changed a lot of lives, I think, just by living by example. Yeah, it's uh, it it definitely whenever you going from a time where you are like there was a time I thought during this whole thing I thought we're Atlas isn't gonna make it like it, I and I remember I had a conversation with a. Uh, a um 
Chaplin. I was like seeing everything you see in the in the uh, <laughs> seeing everything you see in the in the pick you. How do you even still have faith in God? And I, I'll his answer was I, I loved it because it was real and very rarely. And that's maybe why I struggle with some of the religion is he he gave me a real answer it's like i i don't know and i don't have any answers for all the bad stuff that happens he's like it's just it's hard a lot of times and i was like yeah you know what it's like i i appreciate you being honest with me that's a real answer because like i i i can do i i'm a christian i i believe that jesus answered our god answered our prayers he's answered our prayers but one thing that I don't know is like, I'm not sure. Like there, I can't say for sure. I know a hundred percent what happens when you die and, and, and nobody does not, there's not a pastor out there, but when you feel, when you experience something as, as real and as raw as, as what we did, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost supernatural. It, it, and we had friends visit us. We had uh, doctors come in and visit us and, and they all like, wow, there's, there's something weird going on. It's like, it feels there's there's some powerful stuff going on in this room and and it it i went from feeling the lowest i've ever felt in my life to to like oh there's we're good like we got this not and it, it, it it's i can't explain it i can't say i know anything 100 percent for sure but what i believe that that's that's what happened with atlas is is god stepped in and i had a conversation with like like have you did you quit talking to people did you quit are you even in control of this machine here are you just letting it ride and and you only step in whenever you feel like it i i mean it was a real conversation like i had with god was about how we were talking right now yeah and uh it it was man i, I don't it was great it was uh it life-changing you know yeah that's that's awesome man and and uh, we're just so happy that that he's when you when, when you texted me that night and said that you guys are on the up and up and you're gonna be getting out soon man like I said, you can't imagine how many people were there with you, you know, it just as from parents. You could feel it. it yeah. You could honestly feel it, man. It was it was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was overwhelming. Me and Jerry were actually just talking about it uh, this morning, actually. And every time we talk about it, we like tear up because yeah. of the, how powerful it was in there. And and there's like we we can't thank people enough. It's it, it's truly amazing. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Well, well, I know that that everyone was impacted by him and his recovery, and you guys just as much as you were by everybody. So that that that, you know, the the amount of impact that that little guy's had on the world in his yeah. little short life so far is yeah. crazy, and what's to come is going to be even more excited. And I know that the way that you guys, you know, your worldview and the way you you plan on raising him and and exposing him to the world and 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 the mindset that that you share. Man, between the two of you raising him, he's gonna be a go getter. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely looking forward to seeing him grow. And and, and like with his disability stuff, he he may make a full recovery. We don't yeah. know. And and he right now he's doing everything a we think a little two month old baby should do. Uh, it will just be a waiting game. Got to be patient and see where he's at when he hits his milestones. But uh, we can't wait to. We were just talking about uh, building him a little baby, little kid sled for whenever he can first first start nice. walking and get him on like a one or two dog little sled team. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be great, dude. It's gonna be it's a great. blast. I mean, that's the kid dream growing up over there. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, man. I I uh, you know I I just man even just talking to you it, the impact. Those experiences, those supernatural experiences, you know, sometimes the, the most adversity that you see will change your life 
for good. And, uh, I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. Just us talking about this. It, it really, yeah. Yeah, it's powerful, man. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And, and two, like, like you said, perspective, man, family is everything. It was pretty awesome. My dad dropped everything he was doing and came, flew up here and we actually passed each other in the sky. I was heading Anchorage and he was heading to Fairbanks. Yeah. And, uh, he kind of took over the the kennel chores while I was in in Anchorage, and uh, we had some great neighbors that checked in on him and helped him out whenever he needed. And so awesome friend Ryan from Rhino Kennel and Will from Eteo Kennel and Allie from SP Kennel, I, they all showed up and helped out when we needed, and I'm uh, super appreciative of that. And my dad, like he he pretty much held the fort down while we were gone. And Dude, we were watching him on Instagram. His mom came up and yeah, they, they, they were up in Anchorage with us and it was, yeah, man, family is everything. It's, it, it, you know, sometimes those things, they, they remind you of how powerful that is. And, and, uh, you know, the fact that you have a platform you have, I think it re-sparked that in a lot of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's awesome. And like, that's, that's what we said. I used to say all, uh, Instagram is, uh, Instagram can be used for a lot of bad things, but this just shows that it's, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of good. It can be used for a lot of good. And it, it showed a lot of love. And that's, I think more what the world needs to see is more stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. And dude, watching your dad, he was doing stories at the kennel. Yeah. Yeah, He was personality, man. He was Mr. Personality on there. My wife's like, yeah. "Hey, look at that!" You know, it was it was fun. It was fun to follow yeah. and and just to see how much joy you guys could have in that adversity uh, was inspiring to so many. Yeah. So what's next, man? What how is 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 Jerry? Is Jerry been staying home with him while you're getting the dogs out? How's that juggle yeah, been? Yeah, yeah. So Jerry's been it's it's a work in progress now, trying to figure out how to how to balance the dogs and and the and the baby, and we're still not really hundred percent sure on on that, but we're gonna figure it out. What we're doing now is kind of um, we've had so many people come to visit that we can be like, hey, you've watched Atlas and me and Jerry went out and usually take care of dogs or right now my my youngest sister, Emily, and her boyfriend are up here. So they've been helping take care of the dogs and Atlas. And and uh, next week we have uh, one of Jerry's and and my friends from uh, upstate New York are coming up. And then after that, my older sister's coming up. So we got a. just shows your family man. it's it's awesome to coming up to help out and and then by then we'll, we'll be in a good routine and and everything but yeah we're, we're figuring out usually what happens is the, in the morning the dogs need fed and, and we just got 400 fresh salmon so i have to get up uh usually about it at two hours before i need to feed and get it all cooked up and so while i'm doing that jerry's feeding hanging out with atlas and then i'll go feed the dogs and i'll take over atlas duties for about two hours and then i'll go run dogs and then I'll get back and I'll get the salmon going again for the evening feed. So we're still trying to figure out when the balance, how the balance is going to work. And what I might end up doing is is uh, running like maybe when Jerry's off and then giving the dogs a big period of time off and then kind of balancing back and forth. But we'll see. That's cool. We'll see man. what we got going on. Yeah. Always something new. Adventure. Are you guys Always staying there for new. Christmas? Yeah. What's that? You staying there for Christmas? Staying here for Christmas, but we're going back to Pennsylvania, I think, for New Year's. Cool. Very cool. Yep. We're going to have to get out there again, man. I want to get out there during the season. When we were out there last time, it was still warm. Uh, 24 hours of light when we were there. Is it dark all the time right now? No, but it's starting to get dark dark quick. I don't know if we're at the seven minutes. It'll eventually get to the point where we're losing seven minutes of daylight each day. 
right now I think it's getting dark around eight o'clock. And then by by the winter solstice, we have three hours and forty five minutes of daylight. Wow, wow, yeah, it's getting. But there. it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice because uh, it's a lot higher chance of seeing the auroras, the northern lights come out, and that makes it awesome. Nice, it makes it worthwhile. Nice, and you already got open spots over there for for people to come down and do their tourist thing uh, yep. to stay with you. Yep. Cool. I'm. I know. Joke. We. Our guy Danny, who you haven't met, who he probably knows you because he's watched so much content with you editing this yeah. piece. He, yeah. He. He's probably really going to go this year. So. So you probably got yeah. a guy from Ironclad coming out there. Heck yeah. Yeah, we got some cool trips planned too. Um, later on in the season, I'm. I'd like to go out. I'm going to take the dogs up to uh, up in the Arctic and the Brooks Range and and maybe a little bit past in the North Slope and uh, go out there and do a lot of caribou hunting this this year with the, with the dogs and. And uh, we're just gonna go out and have fun and and do do what we want to do and and we feel like running we'll run and we feel like camping we'll camp so that's great man those sam I I saw that photo with all the salmon did you catch them or did you go buy them how did that work no I I bought them off a guy okay so cool. a guy has either a fish wheel or a uh, drift net and he he catches them and sells them the dog muchers nice and then so this will be your first hunt the caribou will be the first hunt for the year yeah because I was supposed to do a moose hunt. But then Atlas got sick, so I had to cancel it. So uh, we we didn't get any moose this year. So we'll stock our fridge once the, once every the rivers start freezing up and we get a little bit more snow. I'll head up north and and uh, get into some caribou hopefully. Nice man. Well, hey man, it's been so fun catching up with you. This I'm so fired up about launching this piece, this eagle film that we did with you. You, you know, too, just man. like you, just yeah. like your story that that uh, people followed you and Atlas and Jerry, you know, seeing the the mindset that you and Jerry have as a couple and uh, everything that you stand for in this film. Uh, it's I think your platform is is impact, man. And in and, and you pursuing your passions and you pursuing adventure and Jerry doing the same and both of you being uh so resilient in the face of adversity, I think it's really going to make an impact on the planet. I appreciate it, man. I'm super pumped for it. You guys, that's one thing that was cool was with you guys coming up here is is seeing what it takes to put a production like that together. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I'll never watch another movie or show the same after after seeing that. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, man. And, and we also will launch the uh, Into the Fray, the behind-the-scenes stuff that Austin was filming when we were out there, and you'll see that. Because we had to go back and to the to the Airbnb and build out cameras and dump dump content and charge things. Those days don't end, especially when it's yeah. freaking sunny and you're like, yeah. it's four in the morning or three in the morning or how? What time is it? it yeah, it'll drive you insane. Yeah, I mean, and then in, and if you come up in the winter, it's a whole new set of challenges as far as like freezing your cameras and batteries and and then it's filming in the dark a lot yeah. of times. We'll do. We'll have to do an episode two out there with you. Heck yeah. So uh, anytime you guys want to come back, you let me know. We will, man. We're, we're going to do it. Once this one launches, maybe we can get Eagle to get us out there and do an episode two. Heck yeah. If That'd not, we'll just, we'll just come out there for fun. What, uh, where can people find you? What, what do you want people to look out for? Um, you can definitely check us out on Instagram at Frozen Trident. And then our website, we just relaunched it this morning. It is FrozenTacTrident.com. Awesome. You can definitely find out more as far as the mushing school and, and different um, tours and stuff we, we have going on on that website. And uh, definitely it has a page about the dogs, and you can actually see and meet all the dogs. And, and uh, yeah, definitely check that out. 
Awesome, man. Well, Jeff, man, we wish nothing but the best for you, Atlas, and Jerry. We're so excited for what's to come, and it's been a blast. Everybody needs to check you out on Instagram and uh, continue the continue the fight, man. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate all you've done for us. I really appreciate it. And 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 I also got to say thanks to Jerry because she's she's such a huge help around around here. And, and honestly, as much recognition as I get for the kennel, she deserves every every bit is what I get. So she's she's just as big of a player here as. As I am. And everybody listening, he's telling the truth. Jerry's awesome. Hardcore, man. Yeah. She was she was literally nine months pregnant doing all the work with you, climbing the mountain, yep. doing everything, working. Uh, Jerry is a go-getter and a hard charger, and you guys collectively. Uh, it, it, I was telling my wife when I got when I got back, I said, man, we got to go harder. You know, <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys made me look uh, – Made us look like we weren't doing much. It was it was cool to watch, man. Watch a couple that have been together so long and and can continue to just face new challenges. It's been cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Jerry's amazing. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, check Jeff out, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Follow and comment, and uh, it's been fun, man. Till next time. Yeah, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, man.